Oh my gosh, everybody. PJ Raval, my friend, documentarian, internationally acclaimed storyteller, PJ Raval, one of the most consistently profound narrative artists out there. PJ is sought after. He is a storyteller. People want to work with him and find out why today. We go into a little bit of his backstory. And I just want to share with you that PJ was one of the first filmmakers I ever worked with. And this was over 20 years ago. PJ was working with UT Austin. And I went in to audition for one of his films, his thesis, his senior thesis film. And I got the role And that began a friendship that has lasted for over 20 years. PJ is one of my favorite artists in the world, and he is here today to share his story with you. Check out his bio on this page and look up PJ. He's an inspiring story. I'm going to move right into our interview with no further introduction to this incredible, incredible vision. And identities within the already marginalized LGBTQ community, named one of the Ma- of Out Magazine's Out 100 and IndieWire's 25 LGBT filmmakers on the rise in 2019. PJ's body of film work has been distributed widely internationally and has been supported by the Guggenheim Foundation, Bertha Foundation, Arcus Foundation, Sundance, Center of Asian American Media, <laughs> Tribeca Film, Institute of Child, blah, 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 Overload, a Producers Guild of America member and recent member of the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. Holy shit, dude. <laughs> Holy shit. DJ's <laughs> latest film, Call Her Gonda, uh, is featured documentary following the story of Jennifer Laud, a local transgender woman who was found dead in a motel room in the port city of Olongopo. Am I pronouncing that right? Correct, yeah, Olongopo. Philippines with 19-year-old U.S. Marine as the leading as 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 the leading uh, source of of suspect, PJ's previous film documentaries include "Before You Know It" and "Trinidad." Exceptional films all around. I've seen at least the last three. No, all four of them. No, three of them. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, and I think I witnessed those in audiences that you were in. And you're always creating. And you're so, there's a humility to you, but there's a visionary to you and it's calm. It's so embraceable. That body of work, there's a, there's an inner fire to you. What is the inner fire? I know it's mentioned here a little bit in the inner, in the bio, but what is the inner fire? Wow. Well, thanks. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think you know, the inner fire is, um, I feel the need to create, right? I I feel like it's a form of expression. I feel like it becomes a culmination of everything in my life, right? It's like my experiences, the way I'm thinking, my um, interest in exploring, you know, even having a question that I don't have an answer for, you know, watching the news and feeling like I need to do something, to feeling restless, to feeling like I want to explore the world. I think all of these things. And I think maybe not quite what you're asking, but when I do think about it, I think a lot about just kind of what the arts have 
may be done for me. You know, having you even read, you know, having you even read my my bio saying I grew up in this like, you know, small white conservative town, which I did and very much grew up, you know, feeling like an outsider, very much grew up, you know, feeling isolated and not part of really any community. You know, and for the kids out there, this is like, you know, pre-Facebook, this is pre like, you know, I did not have a cell phone when I was a kid, you know, those kinds of things. Um, or even, yeah, or even like, you know, a Facebook group to like, you know, so you really were, you know, completely isolated. It, it was a lot of the arts that kind of connected me to things. Like, you know, some of the first um, images I saw of like queer people, Asian Americans, like, you know, Filipino culture, anything, you know, was happening um, in music or film or television or, you know, graphic novels, books, you name it. So I think I kind of um, respect that if that makes any sense. And I, I'm, I wanna contribute to that also, contribute to that kind of culture and that kind of possibility there. It's honoring um, your own experience and use, utilizing it as your gift and, and uh, your, your calling and your contribution as opposed to letting yourself be victimized by it. Absolutely, you know, and, and thinking about what those things have done for me, I definitely want to create, you know, work that can do that for others but honestly it's also um you know just because i want to <laughs> you know because it makes me feel it makes me you know it I, I do feel like um i mean not that i i believe this is my sole purpose in life but it does feel fulfilling right that that there is something there that feels right to me about what i'm doing um well you, you teach know. as well so when we talk about soul purpose gift and passion uh you have a passion for healing the human condition and observing it and, and reinterpreting it or interpreting it really um as a documentarian uh it's really interpretation as opposed to reinterpretation is more of the narrative that i live in with that desire to 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 tell that story you also teach mm -hmm. And that, that teaching is, is a gift you have. What has been your experience moving from uh, the curious student and the, the doer into now uh, mentorship? Um, well, I love that you are, you know, pairing it with this idea of mentorship, right? Because I think that is a lot of teaching or it can be, right? Um, and maybe, you know, maybe it should be, but it's not always. Um, I, 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 you know, I think I didn't have a, a lot of formal mentors, but I did have a lot of teachers. Um, and some of the teachers who probably even didn't think that they would have profound effects had very profound effects on me in, in both ways. And the real, you know, and the, and the ones that had real positive effects and impact on me, I think simply treated me as someone who was capable and understood what I was doing. Um, and, you know, and they helped really um, kind of nurture and support that in ways that maybe I wasn't feeling elsewhere. Um, and I love having the ability to do that. I, I, the way that I look at myself being a teacher is I'm not necessarily teaching, I'm more guiding, <laughs> you know, mm, like yeah. people, you know, kind of the work that we do, it's, it's not even, I mean, yes, to some extent we can teach them kind of like basic principles and we can teach them, you know, even technical information, you know, things like that, factual information. 
But I do think a lot of what we do is encourage people to understand, right, their process, understand their interest in things, like figure out figure out ways to connect it to some personal, you know, interest, um, you know, all, all of these things, right, that they probably could do, but they need a framework, right, and permission. To, to do that. And permission, right? One of our other speakers said that when she mentors, I want to leave them with more of themselves than they than they are with me. You know, that's yeah. the that's the kind of jeopardy we can run into with a, a relationship with a, a mentor or a teacher is that they become the us outside of ourselves as opposed to us being in the world as our whole self. Absolutely. I mean, the other thing that comes to mind too with mentorship is sometimes when we think of mentorship, we think of like, oh, who came before you that was doing what you're doing? And for some of us, there's not a whole lot of examples, right? <laughs> so, yeah. so there is this kind of, you know, strange relationship of like, for not everyone has like an obvious mentor, right? Um, and in a strange way, maybe even some of my mentors were ones I never even met, but they were people, you know, they were artists, they were filmmakers, they were whatever, whose work that I really admired, you know, um, whose interview, you know, I read an interview with them or something like that and felt really inspired. So, um, you know, so it could even be that. But I do think as a teacher, I would like to think that I'm encouraging because I certainly don't have the answers for them. All I do is have some experience that I can draw upon and let them know how I've done it or how I felt during it. And, you know, yeah, let them know I mean, they're not alone. Yeah. And, and letting them begin to trust that intuition and that the answer's there. You're going to fall into it. You're doing the work. You're, you're seeking uh, outside inspiration and influence, but the answer's there. Now you just need to find out exactly how to phrase it or how to communicate it prior to saying, I want this, you get to discover what that is and the mechanics along the way. <clears throat> this is for the audience, a little secret. You and I have, I feel in many ways, we began our professional career, career almost at the same time. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And PJ brought me in one of my very first short films. <laughs> and this was 20 something years ago. Can you yeah, I know, that? crazy. We were 10. <laughs> we were like five and a half. Five. <laughs> Welcome to our 30s. <laughs> we're here. Um, and then we connect. I go back to Austin. I see you there. When you have time and you're here, we connect here. Um, we connect in Sundance. We'll connect in New York. We'll connect. You know, it, it's such an amazing life. And that's what's ahead when you step in, you create a relationship, you build a relationship, you celebrate one another, and then you 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 watch each other grow. And you're you're a pioneer going back to that not having an example out there. Um, I spoke to a few of the speakers where this is true. You know, not having an example out there when we're growing up to relate to, and it's possible for someone who looks like me. Um, what is let's go back there for a second what was what was the catalyst that you said i'm going to do this i know it's in me even though i don't see it out there wow that's a great question i mean i think um for me 
one of the big kind of stepping stones was going to school, to be quite honest. Like I, you know, I didn't come from, um, you know, a very wealthy family. So a lot of my schooling was, um, you know, I paid for it, you know, or, or certainly the, you know, a student loan paid for it. Um, and I think taking on that responsibility of, just saying like, well, I, I have to spend money, like a lot of money to do this or owe money um, kind of gave me permission to say, well, then whatever I do, I should really be interested in it. Right. You know? And um, so even with that right away, like when I went off to um, college, I just randomly double majored, you know, all throughout, all throughout my childhood, I had, uh, certainly, you know, been interested in and found a lot of um, gratification out of art and doing things that were creative, but I don't feel like that was ever encouraged. It was more thought of like, oh, that's a great hobby, you know, oh, you can draw, you know, or something like that on a, you know, Friday art class in elementary school kind of thing, right? However, I was really good at sciences. I was really good at math, you know, um, and those qualities are much more, um, nurtured by certain school systems and you know at the time my parents and everyone surrounding so by the time I went off to college I double majored um you know I I, I went as a um molecular biology major Ta-da! I have a molecular biology degree but when I entered I, I remember decided that. that I was going to double major in visual arts um and I didn't have to ask anyone for permission to do that because it was just asking myself for permission to do that because I was the one paying for it. <laughs> I was the one who was going to do it. You know, it was very clear to me. It was like, wait a second, who's going to tell me no when I'm the person who is doing this? And I don't think I ever really thought about it, but that was just like a huge step already that um, I think I took. So I think there was something there about understanding I was responsible for myself and that realizing my happiness and interest was also tied to what my decisions were and that, that makes came any out sense. Of, yeah and that came out of you really having to go inward and go i'm kind of alone in this or at least i feel like right now i'm alone in this i'm gay um i'm you know i'm an artist at heart that's my passion um and and being in a because i remember when i went to college I was wanting somebody to give me the answer. The answer was there the whole time. I didn't necessarily have the benefit of, you know, I hadn't, didn't come out until I was 20, um, but I didn't have the benefit of, and I was paying for my own college, but I didn't have the benefit of feeling like I was alone in this anyway. So I was looking for outside guidance. Tell me what to do because what I want to do is go and do Broadway and go and do you know, film and television and be a, a speaker. And so I was at, in the jeopardy of, I went to a private Christian college secretly to pay the gay out of me, offered a scholarship to do West Side Story, negated the whole thing. And then I was like screaming, let me out of here. So I went to New York uh, eventually. So that's such a benefit. And I think that that really can speak to a lot of people in saying, you know what the answer is, you know what your truth is. And if someone who has a restraint on you, whether it be financial or live in this because it's safe, you get to really s tap into that truth and go with that 
because that's it's going to save you a lot of time in the end and money. I I agree. I mean, and that was the thing is like I didn't have many examples in front of me to follow, right? So I really was just kind of um, <clears throat> you know figuring it out. But I do think that there's also something there. Not that I was like at an absolute low, but in the sense of feeling like uh, again I was isolated and there was no one to really um, guide me at that moment then you kind of go into survival mode. And I know a lot of people within marginalized communities, LGBTQ+, right, um, you know, whatever, I, I do think people go into this kind of survival mode, right, where they start thinking like, uh, I, like literally, I just need to survive, right? And how, how am I going to do this? What am I going to do? Um, and somehow maybe happiness, you know, and well-being, starts to become part of that. Um, but for me specifically, being being a filmmaker, you know, or being someone who's creative and then being someone who's part of the, you know, LGBTQ plus community. And for me, they've always been hand in hand with each other. Like my, you know, coming out is part of me embracing who I am and understanding who I am. And that was also part of me exploring my creative self and myself as someone who can express. And so the deeper I got into thinking about creativity and art and expression, realistically, I'm also um, being highly introspective and really thinking about myself and embracing my kind of inner self. So it's a little bit like chicken and the egg, right? Like what came first? Was I queer or was I an artist? And maybe it was both, <laughs> you know? It's like, maybe it was a hand in hand thing. Um, and I really did kind of feel like they were hand in hand, you know. I really find it fascinating here that the concept of survival can be one of two things. One is that you accept and acknowledge your unique truth. And that is even more amplified when you are in a minority, when you are, in PJ's case, an artist, part of the queer community, uh, creative, Filipino, and, you know, all of the things that he is in that unique place made him look inward to find his authenticity and lay claim to that and that is his survival. So many people in my opinion move the other side and really try to fit inside a container that is made up for them by a system that doesn't necessarily acknowledge their uniqueness. So ask yourself right now, is that the case for you? And what is your inner truth and how can you bring that uniqueness into the spotlight? now i i think you're absolutely right and for me it's almost like a you know it was two phases like phase one was me just you know being able to look in the mirror and be like wait who are you and what do you want and, and then, where did you get that hair <laughs> and where and where did that haircut come from and then phase two was a little bit of oh you don't have to do it this way <laughs> you can do it this way mm -hmm. or you know, you can be the first or um, people can say no and you can still do it, uh, you know, or people can say you shouldn't and you do anyway. Like, I think that was part of a little bit of a phase two also, you know, getting to that point. I have so much appreciation and respect for you in this category specifically, but also the way what you create. And that is, I know going back to where I was in those formative years, I 
was in that place of I need to separate my sexuality. You know, when I was living in New York for the first time at 18, 19, I needed to separate my sexuality um, from my career because I didn't want that, that to be infused. And that lasted until I was probably 32, you know, that I, I didn't want that assumption to be placed on the roles that I was able to play. In some ways, I wish that I had just been blah, but I don't think I would have gotten the roles that day and age if uh, if I had done that. I just I just don't. I would like to clarify something here in regards to what I just said. I'm not sure if that's the case. I don't know. Everything is perfect and our life experience is all perfect, no matter how it lays out. Where you are right now is perfect. There's a lesson to be learned in the journey that you're on. So I just want to clarify that. Be you, be unique, and know your truth. I move the conversation into teamwork, which I think PJ is one of the most incredible team players in the industry. Yeah, I mean, I for me, that's partially why I love filmmaking is because it's highly collaborative. Um, so I think a lot about my collaborators, right? Whether that be in front of the camera, behind the camera, you know, holding the camera, whatever, <laughs> you know? Um, and I would like to think that part of me being a good director is also um, work choosing to work with really good people, right? Like who are very talented. You know, a lot of the times I joke and say, if I if I do my job well, then I can really mess up all 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 around because all the people are so talented around me, they'll catch me and they'll like, you know, and they'll make my mistakes look good, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. Um, or they're or or they will challenge me, right? Like I don't have to have all the answers there because part of part of my um you know, skill set is identifying talent in other people, you know, um, for me, the idea of, t of a team is um, sharing an experience, right? Um, sharing a goal, um, you know, relying on each other. Um, and, uh, you know, I think it's very easy, especially for someone with my background in history, it's very easy to be a, you know, a do it all once, you know, a one person solo project constantly, but what a boring existence. Right? <laughs> like I love, I love having collaborators, right. I love working with friends. I love being able to say like, Oh, let's hang out and make a project together. You know, um, this is, and this is how we will, you know, this is how we will also, you know, grow our friendship is, is to be creative around one another. Um, but I think, I think in order to do that, you know, you have to also um, feel valued and make other people feel valued, right? Um, and, and appreciate um, the collaboration, really respect it. And I think that is something that's really challenging to do because a lot of us, um, you know, can be very headstrong and maybe don't want to be challenged in certain ways or we want to fight, you know, we want to exert our independence because a lot of us have backgrounds being told we can't do it. And so you have so much to prove, you know, um, that you're just so willing to always make everything, you know, be about how you can do it. Um, and somehow, you know, we start learning to relying upon other people is bad, right? Because people will um, disappoint you or you have to, you know, do it on your own. And, you know, and, and to, to an extent, you know, those feelings are valid, but at the same time, um, we don't exist in a bubble, 
right? Even if you want to, you still have to at some point interact with someone. So, um, and for me, I do love collaboration. So I think it's about, yeah, I think it's about mutual respect. I think it's about value, value, valuing each other. Um, And I think it's also about respecting differences. That's such a huge thing. You know, everyone I work with is not a queer Filipino person, right? And there's a reason for that. Um, uh, You know, and even if they were, you know, they might be someone who grew up in a very different environment than me. And I really do believe that, you know, embracing differences and, you know, not to sound Pollyanna about it, but really like the diversity, you know, I think it really, uh, there's contributions there that we can't maybe even identify right away that um, adds you know such a a lesson parallel for our you know the world we're living in now right how much absolutely grow and benefit once we let go of i need to be right you know incorporate that diversity and incorporate other perspectives our work just elevates it improves and people are drawn to work with you because of your way of being is just that. And what you said about feelings being ju- justified and valid, valid, yeah, all of our feelings are. It's what we do with them, right? It's 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 how how am I interpreting this? Am I interpreting this based on uh, a past experience where I'm holding on to betrayal or I'm holding on to is this person going to f me over? And rather going, this is a new experience, and let this person who's extraordinary definitely do your Google search before you hire them <laughs> and, and get some, absolutely uh, you know, get, get some references. Um, totally. Look at that Instagram account. <laughs> <laughs> Just Instagram. That's perfect place. To yeah, get all the facts there. Um, so true. You went from uh, artist, painter, um, mech, bio mechanics. <laughs> is that what it is? And then into cinematography. And so, your image, your perception of the world is so astute. You behind the lens, looking through the lens to perceive the world. What are some, and then now directing. So, you know, now you've been directing, but through the lens, what are some moments in your experience as a cinematographer where you were behind the lens and you were so blown away by the human experience that you 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 felt like you were in a transcendent moment. Oh, that's a really great question. I mean, I think you know, I think it's a combination of um I was you know, I was immediately I immediately thought about nonfiction and documentary, right? Like so much about what I love about it is you know, you're in the moment, like, and, and that moment is precious and it is fleeting, right? And you have the privilege of witnessing it, capturing it. And there's so many times that you are just even surprised that this is happening, right? And, and you happen to catch it. And whether that be a tragic moment or a celebratory moment or truth is stranger than fiction can be true, right? And, and all of that. But I also have felt the same way in scripted, you know, filmmaking as well. Like when there is that beautiful performance that just emerges, right? That one take wonder kind of feeling that maybe an actor can give you. Um, I felt the same way too. So I think, um, you know, there's these moments of extreme vulnerability that I think I am um, 
usually kind of floored by, right? Um, and that can be a really amazing performance by an actor. Um, and it can just be someone's everyday life, right? That you happen to be there, you know, capturing, you know, on, on a camera. I'll give you one um, great example. So uh, one of my documentaries I made was called uh, Before You Know It, right? Which is a portrait of, um, you know, three uh, aging uh, gay men seniors, right, um, 65 plus. And one of them is, um, you know, his name's Dennis and I follow him. We first meet him in Florida uh, where he's, you know, living very closeted by himself. He's a widow and his journey basically is he, you know, finds a um, LGBTQ plus senior living facility in Oregon, right outside Portland. So he, you know, ends up going there visiting, deciding to spend a little bit of time there and in the process of being there, starts exploring openly um, and publicly himself as a cross-dresser, another uh, identity of himself that he calls D. And one of the scenes that we filmed with D was D going to their first pride celebration. And it really was a, I didn't know what D was going to do because I don't even think D knew what they were going to do. All they knew is that there was this pride celebration and they thought about going. And at first we were filming and D was feeling very like, um, you know, very much an observer, feeling a little isolated, didn't know a whole lot of people, and then saw a float that had a lot of cross-dressers and trans people and uh, you name it. And one of them literally reached out their hand and said, hey, do you want to get on this float with us? And then D jumped on the float. And next thing I know, D is in this pride parade for the, you know, their first experience in a pride parade is in the pride parade. And they're seeing thousands of people waving at them, you know, cheering them on. Um, and even just thinking about it makes me want to tear up because it was such a beautiful moment that D didn't even realize was gonna happen to them, that I did not either. And it's that kind of moment that I think really is the power of like storytelling and just like vulnerability, like the fact that D let me follow them, you know, and trusted me, the fact that I can share that experience with audiences, like that is something where, you know, the camera to me becomes incredibly important because it becomes the tool that I can capture it and share it you know, with everyone. Um, Amazing. And that that's in the film? I don't remember. I mean, I'm sure. It is. Yeah. Yeah. If anyone wants to see it, the film's called Before You Know It. Um, it it's one of my favorite sequences. I cry. Yeah. It's so beautiful. So well done. Thank you. You have such a sharp eye, going back to behind the lens, but such, such a sharp eye. Your patience, your observation, your awareness of the world, not only in that position, but you're also your awareness when you don't have a camera anywhere near you maybe that's your safe place but you have such a an observer you you're the kind of person in my experience that can be a wallflower or you can be front and center and everybody knows you're there at the same time you can be behind and, and no one even knows you're there uh, that curiosity you're aries right you just, have a you just had a birthday. <laughs> I thought about that the other day because I was thinking of all the many Aries friends that I have. And you you live in Aries, but there's a 
and I should say, there's a wisdom to you, like an inner knowingness. Uh, do you find conflict with your Aries or do you use, <laughs> what's your scope on Aries youth? And yeah, I, I do. Um, yeah, the Aries in me is very real. Like Aries is the warrior. I very much, you know, feel the warrior spirit. <laughs> in me and like and and I do like there are certain people who skirt around conflict and there's people who run headfirst into it I'm the type of person who runs a little headfirst into it because it fuels me a little bit mm. too <laughs> that is the Aries in me is that um the adversity challenge that kind of you know fuels me a little bit but I'm also an Aquarius moon and I think that Aquarius moon allows me to be a little bit more explorative and just kind of you know, float around a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, I, there's certainly something there, but I like, I like, I, you know, but I very much agree with your description. Like, you know, I, I can be, I can be fine being in front of the classroom. I can be fine being in the back of the classroom, you know, or at the head of the classroom, you know, I, I can, you know, um, cause I do like to observe and I like to, you know, I like to, you know, speak out and express when, you know, when I feel, um, when I feel like it. I think um, the the issues I run into are sometimes being impatient. My um, nature is to literally, you know, just run fast as you can. And sometimes you got to pace it out a little bit more, or sometimes you have to wait, you know, until you can run. And that kind of drives me a little crazy because I'm a very like, let's do it now. I don't, um, you know, I don't drink coffee. Like I've never really felt the need to, to drink coffee. Like if anything, if I have any kind of coffee, it, like I just spin out of control, you know? So it's the other way around. Like I need a glass of wine, <laughs> you know? I, I don't need a cup of coffee. I need a glass of wine, you know, that kind of thing to kind Both of- Both work well know. for me. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I moved the conversation into- Call Her Gonda, which was one of the other powerful documentaries that PJ did, which required that warrior spirit. Now that we've gotten a little bit of information and backstory to who PJ is and all of his many fascinating dynamics, this personality trait is what launched him into creating this documentary film, Call Her Gonda. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, I, I, I do think for me with that film, in particular, I, uh, I recognize within myself that I grew, you know, um, and even making the film itself was a big step for me because I don't think I could have made that film years ago. And I recognize I needed certain experiences to get to that point to do it. Um, so even the fact that I attempted to make um, this film for me, I saw as a huge accomplishment, whether or not it would even be a good film. Um, hopefully it is. Um, so yeah, so, so, I, so I thank you for saying it's heroic. I think it's, for me, it's um, heroic for myself, right? Because it, it was a huge kind of, I, I felt the confidence there to try it. And you weave that yeah. into the film. So it, yeah, it's one thing to be heroic for you, but that that energy goes into the film. And so therefore the, the film is is heroic. What? And I, so oh, sorry, I'm just gonna say, and I think part of that is because I'm inspired by the people yeah. that I'm following, 
you know? So if they can be courageous, then I, you know, certainly I should, you know, at least be somewhat a little courageous in terms of making a film. What effect did that film, because I know the result was that he ended up going to prison. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, he um, actually, he did not. Sadly, <laughs> he was he was sentenced, uh, but he ended up not going to prison. And then eventually he was, um, you know, he was um, released early. Um, this was just and this past acquitted. Year, right? Yeah, this was just this past year. So now he's back in the United States. Yeah. But to this day, you know, for for people who are just, you know, learning about the film, yeah, it's about, you know, Je Jennifer Lowdy, who was a trans woman in the Philippines, you know, who was killed by a US Marine. Um, and for me, the film, not only is it about, you know, this gross injustice, uh, clearly, right? Because um, murder in any form is, um, you know, bad. But, you know, for me, it's also just about the effects of U.S. imperialism in the Philippines. And I think Jennifer's story highlighted that and the fact that this Marine, um, even though he was found guilty by the by the court in, in the Philippines, the fact that he didn't go to jail and the fact that he was released early and was acquitted and ended up back in the United States, I think speaks volumes. But I do think um, the fact that these women who are pursuing justice did not stop and it does become a historic event, the fact that he was convicted in the first place um, is huge. So yeah, so I mean, I take a lot of, you know, power from seeing that um, play out because I, I saw these women speak out and um, not accept a gross injustice that was happening in front of them and to them. Um, and we're, you know, and even though there were such huge obstacles in front of them, including like the United States as a foreign superpower. They, they didn't care. They went for it, you know, um, completely fearless. Right. And I think that's something that um, sticks with me always. Right. Like that. I do feel like that has, I mean, not to sound generic, but it, it, but I do feel like the film changed me like for life. Like it's undeniable, like an event like that, an experience like that, I, I will always reflect upon it in the Philippines. Yeah. Your ancestral roots. Mm hmm. Absolutely. It's connected me a lot more to it, also. One thing that I've been able to really experience with all the speakers is um, path and truth. And mm -hmm. that path, the gift, comes from us, from our roots, our, our, our previous life experiences, if you want to look at that, but partly our DNA. Um, and so you being able to go back to the Philippines and have that experience from an early age, wanting to be a storyteller, I'm going to just assume that because that's just when we follow our truth that way, I assume that you were a storyteller at a very young age, or at least living in that imagination world. Um, that's where our truth lives. And that gift comes from previous to this physical existence. Do you believe that? I do. Yeah. You know, I think it's, I think it's part of you. Yeah. I think I was a fire dancer and uh, native American uh, somewhere in Oklahoma was the, the fire dancer that came in. Um, That's awesome. So the, uh, we'll wrap up here in a second. <clears throat> I want to offer the story of the first time that you and I met, you gave me a runaround. You were like, <laughs> I don't know if this guy 
can play this role. Is he gay? Uh, is he okay with playing a gay role? And then, um, and then we had coffee. Oh my gosh. We had a little dinner. And then we were inseparable. Inseparable. Oh my gosh. What a great experience that was. Yeah bringing to light where you are now, no matter who you are, no matter where you are, no matter age, whatever, the relationships that you are cultivating now, how you're showing up your way of being, those relationships are going to be there forever, forever. Um, and then you get to support each other and watch each other grow. Uh, PJ, I'm, I'm thrilled to know you. And uh, I think, what is the next thing? What's, what are you working on right now? Uh, I'm working on lots of things right now. If anything, I feel a little um, at like, you know, I'm just so riled up. I mean, I know like with COVID and the lockdown, everyone was like feeling, you know, like depressed. And but for me, my reaction was like, I have to make, you know, and so I, I have a lot of projects right now. That's all I'll say awesome. <laughs> you know, in awesome. various stages. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. For me, COVID was, oh, I, I get to make something else, which was the garden, getting married. Mm -hmm. You know, it was it was me having permission to to say, let me holistically elevate these parts of my life, and and now moving forward into the next installment, which this is the groundwork for. I wrap up here with PJ asking him to offer a piece of advice, a mantra, an understanding about where he is in his life, and. The journey that he's been on. He shares here, one of my favorite people in the world, charming, talented, lovely, beautiful soul, PJ Raval, and I'll let him take us out. It's only been more recent through all of these experiences that make me really, really, truly, truly, 100% understand the concept of embracing your whole self. I think there's a lot of times we compartmentalize or we put a certain uh, aspect of us forward, right? Like, um, and again, you know, as someone who is queer, as someone who's Filipino, as someone who's a filmmaker, you know, all of these kinds of things, like sometimes we think we're just one, but the others are not there. They're all there all the time, you know? And it's taken me a while to figure out that the way that I move through the world, the way that people see me, the way that I should see myself, the way that I make work, the kind of work that I'm making, uh, you know, the more that I embrace the whole self and I trust the whole self um, and understand how the different aspects of myself inform one another and strengthen one another, like the better it becomes, you know, it's whenever there's doubt and whenever there's, um, things that I can really see about like, oh, I, I didn't handle that well, or, you know, it's because I wasn't really thinking from a more whole self. I was thinking from a more, you know, specific um, and kind of fractured self, or, if or that makes any sense. Or, or fear. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is part of the self, right. And part of the whole. Mm -hmm. So, um, so I really do think it's about embracing, you know, your whole self and, um, Going back to what we talked about, like, you know, with, with my last film, I think it was a time where I felt I was embracing my whole self as in moving forward to make something. 
right? Like understanding, like I was scared before to do something like this. I'm no longer scared. I recognize I could fail miserably at this, but I will take that risk. <laughs> you know, yeah. I understand this is going to be a real big commitment. And you know what? I'm ready to try to make that commitment. You know, um, all of those things. And that's what I also mean by embracing that whole self, like all the goods and the bads, right? Going forward. Um, uh, you know, allows you to move forward. So, um, so yeah, so to, to everyone out there, I would say embrace your whole self. So that's it, everybody. Inspiring. This man is a pioneer. Watch his film. Absolutely incredible human being. One of my first directors. <laughs> PJ Raval. Thank you. Thank so you. Much. Thanks for having me. Thanks. It's an honor. Thank you.